Garbage is Served is a not-safe-for-work podcast addressing controversial topics in the U.S., like baby boomer fragility and abstinence-only education that are guaranteed to ruin your family dinners. Each episode focuses on some of your family's regrettable misconceptions that your hosts, Jesse and Keeley, take to task. So hi, Jesse. Hi, Keely. Welcome. How are you? <laughs> Welcome. This is a special episode of Garbage is Served where we are documenting our experience of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I have no idea when we're actually going to edit this or like share it with anybody. But for uh, record keeping sake, today is Saturday, March 21st, 2020. So we're about a week into quarantine and you say quarantine, Jesse, and what is, I want to know what that means for each of us in our different lives with our different responsibilities. Sure. So for me, I work in public health, healthcare, and my job is strictly administrative, but I am supposed to be at work. I have not been at work all week for some very valid reasons. Quarantine for me does mean staying at home completely and only leaving the house when absolutely necessary and finding different ways of doing things so that I don't have to leave the house. But obviously, my definition of that does not align necessarily with other folks. What does it mean for you, Keely? Um, I'm really well aligned with your definition. I have, I'm trying to think of what the date was. I've been in quarantine longer than a week. I luckily, I work for a nonprofit organization and they were actually really flexible and very good about saying, hey, we're shutting down the office operations as usual, but from your home. And so we made that transition two Thursdays ago. And so I think I've been, I think I've done one errand in that time. And I've gone on a couple of walks because there's a park nearby. But besides that, I have been total lockdown, which I'm going to keep doing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but it's worth it. I have heard that some of the parks are closing down too, like some of the parks in Chicago have closed. Yeah. I went to the pharmacy today too, because I had to pick up like five prescriptions because I haven't been going to the pharmacy. (laughs) It was weird because people were just like totally normal, acting as if nothing was happening. It was like pretty crowded. People were standing in line very close together. Really? Mm-hmm. At Walgreens, yeah. Because one thing I did want to talk about is our different experiences in our respective communities, because I live in Missouri, in Kansas City, you live in Illinois, Chicago, and Illinois has many more cases than Missouri does right now. Yes, it does. And it's growing exponentially. <laughs> you live in the big metropolitan area where I think makes it easier to transmit the disease. Yes. Yeah, we're in pretty close quarters. And especially because so many people rely on public transit, which is what I've been struggling with, too. So I'm just so surprised to hear that because I just imagined that Chicago folks were going to be more on the ball about this than Kansas City folks. And again, I haven't been outside for 10 days plus. But is that right? It doesn't matter. It's been a long time. (laughs) But my point is, when I have gone to the park, people even on the sidewalks It's like I could draw a six-foot bubble around myself and people make a really funny face at you like, oh, not to be rude, but I'm not going to walk closely to you. And you make this really awkward eye contact and then go on your way. But I've been really appreciative of that because it feels like people are taking it seriously. That's great to hear. I wish people were taking it more seriously up here. I worry about what the implications of all of our choices will be in the coming weeks. Right. I think that's a, an unfortunate but true thing that 
they should just be taking it more seriously. And I'm just surprised. I thought Chicago would be doing better. I don't know why, but I did. I have seen people like stocking up on Clorox stuff. I saw, I think it was last weekend. I left the house for a bit and I can't remember why. I think I was going to the store to pick up a couple of things, but I saw a guy carrying two bags full of Clorox products and I just wanted to like punch him in the face because it was like clearly an excess unless he works at like one of the rehab centers in the area. Like if it's just for his own personal use, that just makes me so angry. That's so confusing. And I guess I didn't know if it was just a a media spin thing about folks going on spring break vacations and just not really heeding any of the warnings. But I think that's actually factual. So do you, you I know, do you have any weekend to quarantine really? What are your, like, what do you think is going to happen? My outlook right now is pretty grim. I, okay, I will say that up until about a week and a half ago, I didn't think this was going to be that big of a deal. Okay. And I say this as somebody, again, who works in like public health, healthcare, it just like didn't phase me as something that was going to affect us in the way that it already has started affecting us. And so what changed my mind was seeing everything that was happening in Italy and a lot of folks who are sharing their experiences over there and realizing that the U.S. was on track to basically experience the exact same thing and then understanding how hospitals were going to be overwhelmed, how ICUs are pretty small. And if like X percent or X amount of people in the country are like become ill from COVID, then, you know, even a small percentage of that is still too many people. And so we just like can't care for people at that point. And so that once I had that information, it really freaked me the fuck out. And so I started taking this a lot more seriously. In my work life, people don't seem to be taking it as seriously. And that's confusing. Uh, People are just kind of like, oh, it's a cold. It's no big deal. And I feel like we're seeing Mm -hmm. that that's not the case. So I think in light of all of that, I'm glad that we're taking social distancing measures and like some people are making an effort, but I worry that a lot of people are going to die. It's going to start happening in the next couple of weeks. And I don't know what that means for my job or the people that I work with. I know a lot of folks just got laid off this week too. So do you mean from your job in particular or just at large? Just at large. What about you? (laughs) Well, two things that I wanted to say. Um, For me, it didn't really hit home for me. I think Italy was the case study where I was like, oh, no, this is actually really serious. And knowing that Italy has a nationalized healthcare system and that they are more equipped to handle this sort of thing than the United States disjointed healthcare system. And so that really got me thinking. To be clear, it got me thinking that this was actually going to explode in the United States. But on a really cynical note, what made me start taking it very seriously was to see how much the Trump administration was downplaying it. Yeah. (laughs) When that happened, I was like, huh, there's been a lot of effort to discredit this virus. What does that mean? And then that really made me nervous. And then Italy has just continued to unfold. So that's how... I perceived it because I, like you, didn't, or and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. And I didn't quite understand all of the symptoms and what it could lead to. I mean, I was on a cruise ship like around February 15th. So <laughs> I'm glad that you survived. I am too. I really am. And having been on that cruise ship for the very first time or any cruise ship for the very first time, it makes total sense to me why they could be really harmed. 
just given the populations and the lifestyle that you lead while you're on a cruise ship, it just makes sense. Anyways, my outlook right now is not optimistic. My husband and I, who've been taking the quarantine seriously for several days at this point, again, we don't know that we don't have the virus, but I feel pretty secure in my environment. I feel like we have the resources that we need. So I feel as safe as I could feel. I had great concern for a lot of my family members. Yeah. Um, I do have family members that are immunocompromised. So yeah, but I think through conversations, we're generally on the same page and people are following the quarantine, taking things seriously. So I am very grateful for that. I wanted to talk about symptoms for a moment because one of the things that I'm trying to wrap my head around is that the symptoms are somewhat variable. So there's a few things. So the symptoms that we like know are associated with COVID or that we've been like hearing about the most are like the tightness in the chest, difficulty breathing, and like a dry cough and fever. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. there's also like people who have digestive issues, which is really interesting. Yeah, diarrhea, vomiting. Right. And like folks who have like pretty low fevers, like like their fever comes on like 10 days into them, like feeling like they have a cold. It just it it's so vague that it's hard to know, especially with it being cold season and flu season. And now that it's starting to warm up, like I have allergies already or what I perceive to be allergies. I honestly have no idea. But I've like had a sore throat and a runny nose for the past two weeks. And so who knows? But then the other part that really freaks me out that I don't think that we're taking seriously enough is that there's this incubation period from when you are exposed to COVID to when you potentially like become ill from it or start showing symptoms. And that waiting period is like pretty variable as well. It seems like based on person to person, like the average is five days, but it sounds like it's like two to 14 days. Yeah. Okay. Two to 10. Okay. Yeah. But maybe it's 14. I don't know. That's still a long incubation period. The other thing that folds into that is with regards to testing, when we're testing people, we don't know if there's a waiting period for when someone's exposed to when a test is going to come back accurate. So I imagine that if somebody thinks they're exposed and they go in the next day to get a test, that it's possible they could get a false negative. But like most Uh, tests have some sort of waiting period between exposure to when you'll actually get an accurate result. So no, it's just a tricky, tricky virus. And it's funny. It's not funny, but it's interesting that you noted that you had this runny nose, a slight sore throat. I've had a slight sore throat for days, and I, I think it's fine. It's probably just that my apartment is dusty, but I don't really know. And I wanted to talk about this too, and I want to know how your experience has been mentally. But for me, I have mm. I have generalized anxiety disorder, and I also struggle with depression. My current therapist has reflected back to me that I am possibly agoraphobic, which doesn't, I I think for me, like manifest so much as like being afraid to leave my house as it does like the fear of being trapped and like loss of control sort of thing. I have been having trouble breathing several times a day. Oh no. I've just been feeling like the world is sitting on my chest because 
of my anxiety. And I'm pretty sure it's my anxiety because like when I do something to ease my anxiety, it does let up. So it's not like a constant rattling in my chest or anything like that. But like, it's so fucking scary to be like anxious about something that causes difficulty breathing and that anxiety causes difficulty breathing. Right. It's so confusing, too. I can relate to that breathing, like when your chest is tight. But I notice whenever I am distracted, like when I'm doing Pilates or dancing in my living room, I don't even think about it. So if my lungs were really going through some trauma, I would definitely be thinking about it when I was doing those activities. So that's what I keep telling myself when I'm in those moments. And I'm, I'm glad to know that whatever anxiety um, practices that you're employing seem to help a little bit. I think that there's a lot of folks who are feeling that way too. Like for anyone who's dealing with mental health stuff or any chronic health stuff, like it's just like so fucking hard to manage right now. And unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be, things aren't going to relent anytime soon. And what I mean by that, not necessarily the mental health issues, but the like For my state, I know that we can't gather in groups of more than 10 until at least May 15 right now. And so what I'm trying to say is that the situation isn't going to lessen anytime soon. So that makes me sad. Our mental health is probably going to continue to suffer. I don't know if you've read any of the projections, but like, okay, yeah, you have uh, about like this being an (laughs) 18 month thing of like, we're going to have to basically quarantine and then we might have like a month over the summer that we can kind of relax, but then we're going to have to go back into quarantine because cases will continue to grow and it's just... Right. It's... It's exponential spreading, right? And that's partially due to maybe the incubation period of the disease, but also how infectious it is. Isn't the average person able to infect, was it 2.5 other people? Yeah, that's what I've seen. Yeah. When we're talking about the disease relenting and the subsequent policies put in place, I guess we just didn't act quickly enough and were spiraling out of control right now. Yeah. So fun. Right. Because I mean, honestly, even if I went into quarantine two Thursdays ago, which again, I the math I'm unable to do right now to see how many days that is. But if that could still, I could have caught the disease that Thursday and then the incubation period could just now be getting over and my symptoms could be kicking in. So like the idea of a two week quarantine, which a lot of people have been talking about just is not realistic to, to what is it? Flatten the curve of infection rates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's also been one of my frustrations is that I feel like so many people are like, well, it's business as usual. We have to like keep moving forward in spite of this and what actually needs to happen is like yes we have to continue functioning like our systems have to continue functioning but we need to find different and creative ways of doing things we can't just like be like well we have to do this so we're gonna do it how we're always do been doing it it's just like find a Mm -hmm. find a different way make a different choice do you believe that american life is going to be drastically changed after we get a vaccine in a year and or 18 months, or do you think that after all this goes down, things are going to be exactly the way they were before Corona? I would like to think that things will be different, and my fear is that they will actually just be exactly the same, especially with fucking Joe Biden. What are your thoughts on that, Keely? I I think you're right. Right now, I think you're right. But if we continue to do these weekly check-ins or start to do these weekly check-ins after this episode, uh, I'm going to reserve my right to change that idea depending on how bad things get. I think that in order for people to really change or for our institutions to change permanently, things are going to have to get really, really bad. And I don't want them to get bad because there are a lot of lives in danger. But I, I, I just think it's a lot easier to keep doing what you're doing and to just keep thinking about yourself and just going through your everyday life. And I get that desire. And if 
things don't get bad on a really massive scale, more massive than now, people are going to continue living their lives the way they have. When people are stressed too, or they're afraid, and they're not used to having those feelings, their gut is to like go back to what things were like before. I feel like that's what's happened in general with like, yeah, with like Trump. um, And everyone's like, we miss Obama. And in reality, like the system has been broken forever. So (laughs) going back to the status quo doesn't set us up for success. It just like Mm -hmm. means that this could happen again in the future. So I really, really, I really hope that people see that like the status quo is what created these situations and that even though that sounds comforting right now that we push forward in a different way also fuck joe biden agreed okay something that you said that i picked up on that i want to make a point about is that we as a group of people in our community we call the United States of America. I really do hope that we learn to point the finger at the institutions we aren't currently, but we need to do that and not like a province in China. Oh or yeah. What's happening to us? Obviously there's been a lot of racism about COVID-19 and it's really interesting especially in the wake of how like Asian countries have responded <laughs> to contagions like especially China and South Korea have like done such a good job at like containment and response and treatment we have done so badly so badly we've botched it well do you have any other final thoughts for this first check-in jesse i hope that we find a better outlook in the future that was so underwhelming what an underwhelming statement Well, looking at the timeline of the disease, right, I'm hoping in the next few weeks it'll become clear that some of these efforts that we're making to social distance, et cetera, will have made a positive impact. And maybe we can look back and say like, hey, we were helping, we are making a difference and things are getting better. Or we're gonna look back in two weeks and be like, oh, fuck. It certainly wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 